you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous, as he is righteous. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. By this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. Well, I might use this one. Come over here. I've got to move the... Oops, smashed it. Hi, um, good to see you. Uh, my name is Pete Woodcock. I'm from Cornerstone Church in Kingston. And uh, it's lovely to be with you. Um, uh, we, 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 we don't regularly pray for all nations because it hasn't really existed. But uh, uh, we'll put you on our list. But we do regularly pray for Beckentree. Uh, and we're praying for you on Wednesday. Actually, as you lot are watching the football, we were praying. <laughs> uh, no, we did watch the second half. Um, uh, and... Uh, uh, yeah, we do pray for we do pray for you regularly uh, because uh, Rob used to be with us in Kingston. We love Rob, and uh, we follow him, and um, it's it's really exciting to be here. So uh, we're a church uh, in Kingston. We've been trying to meet together throughout the whole of the pandemic. Um, we've been well. If it was thirty, if the roar was thirty miles an hour, we were always going at thirty miles an hour, sometimes thirty one. Um, uh, in order to, just to try to meet and uh, it's been a joy uh, in the last few weeks actually meeting up um, completely so, so that's a great thing so that's who I am uh, let me pray do you want me to move this sorry before I play what, which, yeah. which one is it this one oh, it's, it's on this one yeah move that one across move what one across this one Father God, we pray please, uh, as we look at this passage together, that you would be so kind and open our ears and our hearts and our minds. Challenge us where we need to be challenged. Encourage us where we need to be encouraged. Rebuke us where we need to be rebuked. We need your word. We need your input into our lives. If we just look at ourselves or if we're just on our own with our own thinking, we go wrong. And so we need you. And as we look at this passage, please, it's your word. Make us, inform us, encourage us to be people that are much more like Jesus than we even are now. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 
Well, I think Beckentree's been going through One John, is that right? Which is a pretty tough book, and I'm sure you've seen that there's, there's lots of uh, amazing things in it. Um, and uh, it's, it's often like, with, with, with those, um, those sort of tough books, when you, when you stick at it and dig and dig, you find absolute wonderful treasures. So I hope uh, that we'll do that um, this morning. Um, I guess uh, most of us uh, would know the difference. Uh, well, actually, that's fairly rude. I guess all of us will know the difference between a pig lip and a, and a baby lamb. Yeah? I mean, I don't want to be rude here, but I mean, I'm sure most of you will know that. Unless, unless you're really far away and it's quite dark and your eyes are failing, uh, you might get them muddled up. But basically, you know the difference between a piglet and a lamb. They are totally different animals, two different animals. And uh, we know that the lamb will grow up to be a sheep and the piglet will grow up to be a... Thank you, a pig, that's right. Um, And they've got different DNAs, and that's why they will grow up like that. The piglet won't grow up to be a lamb, and the lamb won't grow up to be a piglet, because they have different uh, DNAs, they have different habits, they have different likes and uh, dislikes, they even eat different food and like to bed down in in different places. By nature, they are different. They are what they are by nature. A lamb is a small sheep. A piglet is a small pig. But also, and I think this is important, that nature that they are, the DNA, is informed and is reinforced as they live out the learning from their parents. So it's nature and nurture, isn't it? So, uh, if a piglet does something wrong, the parent pig, the mummy pig, will snort and, and basically say, you're a pig, we don't do that, yeah? And if a lamb does something wrong, then basically the mama sheep or the dad sheep will uh, bleat and push the lamb with its nose and snout and say, no, 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 you're a, you're a, you're a lamb, we don't, we don't do that. So there's nature and there's nurture that produce a mature pig. There's nature and there's nurture that produce uh, a mature, um, a mature um, sheep. If a pig falls in the mud, it absolutely loves it. If, uh, because it's nature, it, it just loves it. And it's nurture, it's seen daddy pig in the mud. If a lamb falls in the mud, it bleats because of its nature. And it's known that when mummy, pig, uh, when mummy lamb falls in the, in the mud, it bleats and wants to get out. Nature and nurture. Now, why am I telling you this? Because, because you need to know that in life. And that's it. That's the lesson for today. Uh, yeah. Everybody happy? Yeah. Um, no, I'm telling you this because John, who writes this little book, One John, that's in our Bible... John wants to show us who is an authentic, real child of God and who isn't. Because what's happened when John was writing this, this is the Apostle John, the follower of the Lord Jesus, the disciple of Jesus, writing this to the early church and therefore to us. What's happened is that there's, there's liars and, and false teachers have actually come into the church. 
And they're confusing what a Christian is. They're messing it up. Uh, They're people that are actually opposed to the, the gospel of Jesus. The historic message that Jesus passed on to the apostles. John is one of those. And they're replacing it with false teaching. And they're saying, oh no, no, don't worry about what the Bible says. Don't worry about what the apostles say. Don't worry about that authentic Christianity stuff here. No, 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 we've got another view of what Christianity is. And what they've been doing is this. They've been dividing people, dividing a person. They're saying that you're sort of in two parts. That you've got an upper story and a lower story. Sort of, uh, you know, an upper room and a ground floor room. And they've been dividing this up and they're saying, look, look, in the upper level, you're like, that's the spiritual you and that's the important you. You can experience God and you can talk about loving God and you can talk about being in God's family and you can say, I love Jesus. That's up there. As long as that's there, that's fine. But underneath your body... The lower story, you can do what you like. That's unimportant. You can act how you like, do what you like with your body, as long as inside you know you really have the experience of loving God. They're separating. They're separating belief, loving Jesus, and what you do with your body. You see that? Mm -hmm. And John says, and he's been working through it if you've been... Uh, Looking at John, you'll see that, 1 John. He's saying that is anti-Christian teaching. So in chapter 2, he talks about the anti-Christ, or anti-Christs. That is not Christian teaching. That is not authentic teaching, he's saying this. It's not like a novel idea or something that's exciting. Think about the spiritual and don't worry about your body. That is not Christian. If you have the DNA of a child of God, then you will begin to act like a child of God in your body. That's what he's saying. You'll begin to want to be like God. If you have the very nature of God, it will need nurturing... It will need, you know, caring for. It will need looking after and examples around you that you follow. But if you have the nature of God, that is who you are. And you will begin to live like a child of God. If you're a pig, lit, you you have the nature of a pig. And you'll begin to live like a pig. If you're a lamb, you have the nature, the DNA of a lamb. And you'll begin to live like a sheep. Do you see that? And that's what's going on. Now, there's maturing. There's growing up. And that can be very painful. And it can, it can be uh, very hurtful. And you make lots of mistakes. But if you're a piglet, you'll grow into a pig. And if you're a lamb, you'll grow into the lamb. Now, the lamb may stupidly follow the piglet and think, oh, yes. I love what the piglet's doing. And jump into the mud, yes, but it won't like being there because of its nature. It won't like being there because the DNA of a lamb says, 
This is not comfortable. This is not home. But if you're a piglet, you see the mud and you are wallowing in it. Do you know that, that song? I mean, it's, it's about hippopotamuses, but it's a great song, isn't it? Because the piglet will, will go mud, mud, glorious mud, nothing quite like it for cooling the blood. Follow me, follow down to the hollow, then we can wallow in glorious mud. That's what the piglet does, because its DNA takes it to wallow in the mud. But the lamb, I might fall in it, but I bleed to get out of it. Do you see the difference? See the difference? So John is saying there's a difference in DNA and nurture, in nature and nurture, between a real Christian and a false Christian. And now he puts it extremely starkly. And if you know John, he really is very black and white in the way he deals with things. Very stark. There's this and then there's this. And he, and, he, and he uses shocking language. He says, if you're an authentic Christian, you're a child of God. If you're a false Christian, you're a child of Satan, the devil. Now, that, that's it. And, and he divides the whole of humanity, people, into one or two groups. So we're in one of two groups here today. And all of this area, the bloke in the plane, is in one of two groups. We're either a child of God, born into God's family, and have the DNA of God, or we're a child of Satan, the devil, and have the DNA of the devil. Do you see what he's doing here? So, how do we know which one we're in? Well, let's have a look at these two natures. First of all, the child of God. Now, take your passage... And have a look. I might have a slightly different version to you, but you can follow along, I'm sure. Let's just, let me just whiz through this passage, the bit that we've just read, and just show you uh, the child of God. So let's just have a quick whiz through. So chapter 2, verse 28. Dear children. This is what a child of God is. Dear children. Chapter 8, verse 28 again. Uh, chapter 2, verse 28 again. They continue in him. This is a child of God. They're in Jesus. Verse 29, they are born of him and do right. Chapter 3, verse 1, they have God as father and are called children of God. Chapter 3, verse 2, they are called children of God and they will one day be like Jesus. Chapter 3, verse 3, they put their hope in Jesus and purify themselves. Chapter 3, verse 5, Christ has taken away their sin. Chapter 3, verse 6, they stop sinning. Chapter 3, verse 8, Jesus has destroyed the the devil's work in them. Chapter 3, verse 9, they are born of God and don't continue to sin. They're the children of God. See it? That's the nature and nurture of the children of God. Now, let's go through the passage again and see the nature and nurture of the children of the devil. Chapter 3, verse 4, they are lawless. Chapter 3, verse 6, they have not seen him, Jesus, or known him. They don't really know him. Chapter 3, verse 7, they lead people astray. Chapter 3, verse 8, they do what is sinful. Chapter 3, verse 8, again, they are of the devil and continue to sin. That's the nature and nurture 
of a child of Satan. And then in verse 10 you have a summary. You see it? Just to make it very clear. Verse 10 of chapter 3. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. So we're going to know now. Here's, here, here it is. Anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child. Nor is anyone who does not love their brother and sister. If you don't love your brother and sister, and if you don't do what is right, you're a child of Satan. It's pretty black and white, isn't it? If you love your brothers and sisters and you do what is right, you're a child of God. Now, I'm going to explain that, because this can really disturb us. Yeah? We're going to do two sessions on this, basically. This is one sermon in two halves. And I might leave you a little uncomfortable in the first half, but then you'll want to come back and find out uh, the wonderful things in the second half. But, but do you see, it's very clear. Now, John has been giving three evidences for what a genuine Christian is. There's a moral thing, the way you behave. There's a social thing, the way you uh, love brothers and sisters. And then there's a doctrinal thing, what you really believe about who Jesus is. This is the moral one. Yeah? The way you behave. If you behave like this, you're a child of Satan. Child of the devil. If you behave like this, you're a child of God. You see? So... Let's spend the rest of our time in this first session looking at the child of God. Let's look at the child of God from this passage. There's past, present and future. What is a child of God? Past, present and future. Now that's the way Paul, when he writes his letters in the New Testament, would often work. Past, present and future. John has a different mind, (laughs) and this is why he can be complicated, but also wonderful at the same time. He goes, present, future, past. (laughs) It's strange, isn't it? That's how he thinks. Present, what you are now. Future, what you will be. And then he boings back to past, how you became that. Yeah? So let's have a look at present. That's his first one, present. What you are now. This is looking at a child of God. If you're a child of God, this is what you are right now. Yeah? Whatever you feel, this is what you are. Right now. In this place. Wherever we are. I don't know where we are. But wherever we are, this is what we are right now. The present. Yeah? He's saying you are part of none other than the family of God. You are in the family of God. I don't know what your family background is. I don't know how your family have treated you. Some people have appalling families and they're thrown out of the family and their father and mother have been abusive to them or whatever it is. But you are not part of that. You are right now, whatever your background... Who, who, whatever country of all nations, what a lovely name for a church. But you know, um, whatever nation you're from, you're not British, and you're not, you know, uh, I don't know, you know, um, from Korea or uh, Japan or uh, Rick. What's your heritage? I know you're India. India, yeah. You're not. You're not from India. Well, you are, but you're. But what you are is 
in the family of God. That's why church is such a wonderful place, isn't it? Yes. It's people who, who are intelligent and not intelligent, who are rich and, and poor, and people who are from India and England and, and even Italy. Yeah? Uh, on Sunday. Yeah? Even Italians are uh, uh, you know, part of our church. Yes? It's, we, we, we don't just follow a team, do we? We're in the family of God. This is what we are. Now, but it's not, he doesn't just describe it as the family of God. It's the family of love, of God's love. So just look at verse 1 of chapter 3. Just have a look at that, look. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. What a sentence! Man, we should be buzzing with that. Now, the language John uses here is one of total astonishment. This is like, wow! I mean, this is like shouting from the rooftops. This is like, I, I can't wear a mask and say this. I have to rip the mask off and I have to shout this out. This is one of stag. He is staggered that we are children of God. The, the, the phrase that he's used, uh, certainly in, my, in, in the version I'm using, it, it says, what great, so see what great love the Father has lavished on us. That phrase, what great, is the same expression that's used in Matthew's Gospel, if you remember the story, when the disciples are in the back of the boat and there's a terrible storm coming up and they're all going to drown and they wake Jesus up and Jesus stands at the back of the boat and in the original language says one word but in ours says two, be still. He says to a storm, waves up here, be still and it doesn't just begin to die down, it dies down immediately. Yeah, I mean, I always wonder if the boat was on top of a wave, yeah, and he says, "Be still." It must have gone. That would be better than Chessington World of Adventure theme park, wouldn't it? You just go whoosh, like, and it was still. Be still, and the people say, "Whoa! What kind of man is this that could do this?" Wow! That's the word John is using here. Whoa! Do you hear this? This is. You are in extraordinary love. What great love. What amazing, you know, extraordinary love. It's just so amazing. I can hardly do anything but wow. Did you see that? There was a storm and now there's no storm. We're in the love of God who is love. He is love. God is love. We're in that family, in that family of a love that is God. God is love. It's extraordinary. It's absolutely amazing. And we need to get that. If you're trusting in the death of Jesus for you to take away your sins, then you right now are a child of God and he's lavished his love on you. I always find it hard to read that word lavish without thinking of something that happened to me. So I was, I, I, I was invited down to a, fam, uh, to a family down in um, Cardiff some years ago. 
And I'd never met this family except the son. The son had been at some event that I was at and he'd become a Christian. And this family were just really wanted, wanted me to drive all the way down to Cardiff to say thanks. And when I got there, the mum was constantly, oh, thank you, thank you, my son became a Christian, all this sort of stuff. And it was really, it was really lovely. And then we sat down for a meal. And um, there, there, there was only the family and me there. But this woman just lavished the food. I mean, one chicken came out to the middle of the table, and it was big enough. Then a nut second, then a third, then a fourth. Six chickens in a line. Yeah. She said, now, are you hungry? And I was, and I silly, stupidly said yes. And she went like this and got the knife, and she cut a quarter of the chicken off and put it on my plate. And I thought, gosh, that is quite a lot, because they were big chickens. Then she looked at the plate, and then decided that I should have the other half. So I then had a half of a chicken. Then she looked at the plate and decided I should have the whole chicken. I had a whole chicken on my plate. And you just think, this is lavish, this is ridiculous. I mean, I can't even eat all that. And, you know, but, but, and I think she would have put another one on if I'd eaten that. She was lavish, generous, lavishing. God isn't a stingy, mean God. He lavishes his love on you. That's where you are now. Right at this moment, right at this moment, you are sitting with the lavish, generous love of God. You're a precious child of Christ. So, look at verse 29. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of him. Look at verse 1 of chapter 3. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. You have the DNA now of God. The DNA now of God, you're born of God. That's what you are now. That's the past. Uh, that's the present, sorry. Look at the future. What will you be then? Well, look at uh, the second half of verse 1 uh, of chapter 3. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are God's, we are children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves, just as he is pure. We're children of God now, but we're not completely visible yet. Does that make sense? We're the, pig, we're the lamb now, but we're not fully grown sheep yet. Yeah? We're children of God now, but there's a future revelation of our mature selves. That's what we're looking forward to. Let me show you some pictures, see if you get this. Right, I'm going to show you. You've got to guess. These are babies of famous people, yeah? When they were babies or young. And you've got to guess who, uh, I hope you can see them. You've got to try and, I've got to try and cover this, them up. I'm going to cover that one up. Right, who do you think that is? It's a famous person. Who do you think that is? This is as a baby. Anybody? Queen. The Queen. <laughs> no. Yeah. I can tell you this person will never grow into the Queen. Who do you think? Gordon Ramsay. Sorry? Gordon Ramsay. Gordon Ramsay. Do you think he's right? No. Yeah. 
This, this one's easy, this one's easy. So you've got to get this. It wasn't the Queen, by the way. <laughs> uh, and this isn't the Queen, either. Who, who do you think this is? He's, he's slightly old. What? Barack Obama, yeah, there he is. He's just the same, isn't he? Except he's got front teeth. <laughs> Barack Obama. So, he grows into that. That's what happens. So, you see what's going on? Because he's this, his DNA, he's not that yet. When he's this, he's not that yet, but he will be that. Do you see what the point that John is trying to make here? Well, here we are. This one's, this one's hard, actually. You've got to look at the lips. Here's a woman that's not a queen. No. Let's <laughs> <laughs> have a look. Huh? Let's have a look. Let's have a look. Oh, oh, yeah. I think she, isn't she Welsh or something? Well, no, she, she's American. But look at the lips. <laughs> so that grew into that. Yeah. She did that. She went, that had no potential to grow into Gordon Ramsay. Thank goodness for that. <laughs> she had no potential to grow into Barack Obama. She had all, but she when she's this, she hasn't got all the talents and the abilities until she's that. Do you see? Do you see what? Do you, see, do you see what John is really trying to say to us? That uh, our genes, what we are as a baby lamb, we will become a sheep. When Christ appears, when Christ appears, John says, you will be taken up with him. You will be, be like him. Did you see that? Look, look, look at uh, chapter 3 again and verse 2. Dear friends, now we are the children of God. You are that now. And what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, you'll be like him. Isn't that extraordinary? You're a baby now, but because you've got the DNA, you will be like Christ. Philippians 3, if you have a Bible, you can turn to it. If not, just listen to it. Listen to Philippians 3, verse 20 and 21. Our citizenship is in heaven. That's where, we, that's where our citizenship is. And we eagerly await a saviour from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our bodies so that we will be like his glorious body. Isn't that amazing? You can see the same thing in Romans chapter 8. You're going to be conformed to Christ. Your body, mate, your body isn't what it should be, yeah? But it will be like Christ's. It's extraordinary, isn't it? That's our future because we have the DNA of God. So let's go have a look at the past and then I'll finish on this. So the past. So we, we, we go back to the past. Remember, he's done our present. We're in this lavish love of God. We're children of God. Uh, our future, we're going to be, because we are this, uh, this child of God, we're going to be made like Christ. You will be perfect one day. You know, all your faults taken away. 
Yeah, you'll be you. I, I love C.S. Lewis. When C.S. Lewis uh, talks about people, he, he says that one day you will be so glorious Amen. that if I saw you now when you're made glorious, I'd almost fall down and worship you. Because you'll be like Christ. It's that astounding thought. Anyway, let's move on. I've got to move on. Time is running out. But look at the past. Um, how, how were we made? How were we made? So look at verses 4 and 5 of chapter 3. Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. But you know that he appeared, that's Jesus, so that he might take away our sins. And in him is no sin. And look at verse 8, the second half of verse 8. The reason the Son of God appeared, that's Jesus, of course, was to destroy the devil's work. To bring anyone, including you and me, into the family of God is a major, major battle. A major battle has to take place. And none other than the Son of God could do that, the Lord Jesus Christ. Sin needed to be dealt with. The devil's work needed to be destroyed. Now you've got to get this because this is so important. Sin isn't some little matter of personal mistakes. Oh, we all sin. You know, people excuse it. Well, we're only human, aren't we? And we all sin. Don't treat sin like that. Sin isn't like, uh, you know, overeating sweets or chocolate. It's naughty, but it's nice. That is not sin. Sin is not naughty, but nice. Sin is not something that you can say doesn't matter. (coughs) Sin is lawlessness. Lawlessness. You are acting lawlessly, and you are saying, God, the lawmaker, I don't care about you. Get out of my sight. I'm not interested in you. You are irrelevant. You're snubbing God. Sin is snubbing God in the most horrific way you could do it. You are, you are, you are defying the laws of none other than God. You're saying, God, you stink. You're, you're thumbing your nose at the creator God. Lawlessness. It not only degrades you and your humanity... Sin will not only destroy you. The problem is, though, with that, we're, 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 we're always thinking how, about ourselves and what sin does to us. Well, it will destroy you, and that's true. It will destroy you, yeah? But more than that, it's dishonouring to the glory of God. It's saying, God, you're not God. Look at verse 4 again. Everyone who sins... Breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. Sin is not only breaking the law. It is that. But it's even more than that. It's being outside the law. That's the definition of sin that John is putting here. And we'll need that for the next session. Sin is not only breaking laws. It's saying I am lawless. I am outside of the law. It refuses to submit to the law. It's not just breaking laws. You know, if I, if I speed and the copper stops me, you know, I know I've broken the law. 
But if I said to the copper, shove off, mate, who the heck do you think you are stopping me? I'm only going 80 miles an hour in the 20 mile an hour limit. Who are you to tell me? I don't even believe in you. I don't believe in police. Shove off and drive off. That's how we treat God. We're, we're saying, I don't have a law. I'm not having a law. I'm the law. This is anti-God, you see. That's what anti-Christ is. It's placing ourselves above God. Look at verse 5. You know that he appears so that he might take away the sins and him... Uh, and in him is no sin. Verse 8 again, the second half. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works, uh, uh, the devil's works. The very reason Jesus came was to deal with those horrific, breaking and outside of the law attitudes. The works of Satan, the liar himself. Sin is so bad, it made the Son of God hang on a cross and shout out, my God, I'm abandoned. So that you wouldn't have to be abandoned. He stood in for you. Don't treat sin lightly. Don't think that sin is a little thing. Here is the son of the living God appearing for you, dying on a cross. And we're saying, oh yeah, let's have a look at some more pornography. Imagine doing that at the foot of the cross. Oh yeah, let's be uh, uh, steal some stuff. Oh yes, there's the Son of God dying on the cross for sin. Oh yes, I think I hate my brother. It's extraordinary. He's come to destroy. This is a battle. This is effort. This is energy that the Son of God's done. He did that in the past for you. That's the gospel. That's the message. He died for you and he died for your sin. So don't treat sin lightly. He died to change you from a piglet to a lamb. And only God can do that. You see that? So that's what an authentic Christian is. Now we'll come back to that and see that we've got to live that life out in the next session. But an authentic Christian is one now. You have the DNA of God. You're born of God. God is your Father. And we've seen that therefore there's a future. You will be like the Lord Jesus Christ. You're born of God. You're in the family of God now. You will be like the Lord Jesus Christ in the future. You'll grow up to be like Him. And all of that is because of what Christ has done in the past for you. Now... What we'll see in the next section is, live that out. Live that out. Live that out. Rejoice in living that out. What an amazing thing a Christian is. What an amazing thing a Christian is. Out of all the people in the universe, God, in the past, chose you. And Christ came and died for you. When he was on the cross, he was thinking of you. Of all the people in the universe, with all their cleverness and abilities and, you know, money and fame and... Huh? You're in the family of God right now. The lavish love of God. Yeah? You, who people may look at and think, 
silly old so-and-so. Look at that horrible old body, decaying and aching. They're no one special. Doesn't matter if they die of COVID. Who cares about them? You. With your flaky, dying, aching body. Will be made like Christ. That is what you are. A child of God. If you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, in the next session... Live that out. Live what you are.